Hello, everybody. This is Brother Mike. I just want to take a minute and welcome you all to another Christmas play at Keene Mountain. It sure is hard to believe another year has come and gone. Seems like time goes by so fast. It's probably been about 15 years or more since the Lord let me start helping with the plays here at Keene Mountain. I hope you've enjoyed them as much as I have. We've had a great time through the years telling the story of Christmas in so many different ways, like Even So Come and The Gift of Time, Morning's Coming, and the one about Noah's Ark. We've really loved it. So many good memories. We've laughed a lot and we've cried a lot, but we give God the glory for all of it. But so much for reminiscing. It's almost Christmas time again. I hope you enjoy the Christmas play at King Mountain 2005, The Case for Christmas. But I do need you to do me a favor. I want you to be a member of the jury. Listen to every witness, hear every testimony, and look at all the evidence. And if somewhere in the midst of this case your heart is flooded with the reality that Jesus Christ truly was the Son of God and that He died for you, then it'd be a good time to call on this name of Christ, whose birthday we're celebrating, and open the gift that Jesus gave to you, the gift of salvation. Merry Christmas. Hey, did everybody have a good weekend? Sure. Yeah. Man, we had a wild time over in the dorm Saturday night. Really? What was going on? Man, I couldn't even begin to tell you. It reminded me of an animal house. Animal house? <laughs> we got good timing. What's so funny? Well, today's the day Professor Linwood is supposed to go over the theory of evolution. And what does that have to do with me? Well, if you're spending your weekends acting like a bunch of animals, you should do quite well in this class. <laughs> <laughs> is that why he's teaching this week? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Hey, what time is it? 8.45. 15 minutes until the big bang. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder where the rest of the class is. Oh, they'll be here before we start, especially Janet. She's one of those goody two-shoes. She's never late. That's right, man. She is a Christian, isn't she? Yeah, I bet she'll really enjoy this class. I know she believes in the whole creation deal and everything. Yeah, she's talked to me about God and Jesus. Sometimes she can be pretty convincing. Well, maybe she's right. I know I'm not convinced that we all came from monkeys. Hey, here they come now. You are running a little late, ain't you? Yeah, it looks like Professor Linwood's just late, too. <laughs> we were just talking about how Janet was really going to enjoy the class this week. And why would you say that? This is the week the professor spends on evolution. You're kidding. You all don't really believe in that, do you? Well, I do. I've got one sure reason that I believe man came from monkeys. Peace, man. Peace. I'm here. Everything's groovy, man. Peace. <laughs> right there's the evidence, man. I rest my case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, class, calm down. We have a lot to go over today. We're going to explore the great wisdom of a man by the name of Charles Darwin. Do any of you know who that is? He is the man who came up with the theory of evolution, ain't he? That's cool. That's cool. But we'll not use the word theory from here on out. I like to stick to the facts, and evolution has many scientific facts to back it up. Professor Linwood? Yes, Miss Connor? I must disagree with your belief in man evolving from monkeys. I'm a Christian, and I believe that God created man in his own image. I mean, I can look around at all of God's creation, the rivers, the trees, the mountains, the rain, the snow, all the seasons, the amazing power of the ocean, and the awesome beauty of the stars and the solar system, and I can see the hand of God in all of it. 
Miss Connor, first of all, like I told you, I believe in what I can see. I've never seen God, as you call him. Therefore, since I've never seen God, <laughs> well, then I can conclude that there is no God. Professor? Yes, what can I do for you? I have been in your class for three months now. In this whole semester, I haven't one time seen your brain. Therefore, since I've never seen your brain, I can conclude that you do not have a brain. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Please, guys, wait a minute. This is important to me. It's my life. All I've ever wanted to do is be a good witness for the Lord. I want to be able to persuade people to believe in Christ. He saved me. He changed my heart. I know he's real, but I must convince others. Professor Limwood, do you believe in Christmas? Well, yes. Me and my family celebrate Christmas as a holiday. I'm not talking about a holiday. I'm talking about a holy day. Jesus was born. The Christ, the child, the Messiah, the Holy Lamb of God wrapped in swaddling clothes laid in a manger. The shepherds came. The wise men were there. Mary and Joseph held him in their arms. Even the angels filled the sky. Please, please, Professor Limwood, what would it take for you to believe? Witnesses, Janet. Witnesses. Eyewitnesses. True witnesses. People that walked with him and talked with him. Someone he touched. Someone that touched him. A true witness. If witnesses is what you need, witnesses is what you'll get. Just believe, Professor. Just believe.
all rise for the Honorable Judge Mercy. You may be seated. What is your first case? Your Honor, we would like to bring the case of the state versus Christmas, or better known as the birth and life of Christ, fact or fiction. And I might add, this shouldn't take long to prove. And who are you? L.U., sir. And what's your first name? A.C. A.C.L.U. Seems like I've heard that name before. Miss Grace, are you ready to begin? Yes, Your Honor. Has the jury been seated? Your Honor, we believe that this is a decision that everybody will have to make for themselves. And since Jesus died for all people, we would like for everyone here today to be part Objection. of Objection. She can't use that name. Overruled. Sounds good to me. Let's begin. You may call your first witness. I call for Jesus' first witness, John. Doesn't he have a full name? Calm down. Just calm down. Raise your right hand. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Objection. He can't use God's name. Overruled and sit down. Without God's laws, we wouldn't have a basic court system. Proceed. I do. State your name. John. Your full name. They call me John the Baptist. Let the record show that John D. Baptist is the first witness. John, please tell us about Jesus and the time you spent with him. First of all, I'm here today to be a true witness for Jesus Christ. But you know that's what I've always been. I'm a man sent from God whose name is John. I came to be a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men, all men through him might believe. I am not that light, but I'm sent to bear witness of that light. Christ was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. But to those that received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God, even to those that believed on his name. Do we believe in him? Do we know him? Isn't that the question you must ask yourself today? Objection, Your Honor. The witness is misleading the jury. Overruled. Oh, you generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? Jesus said it well. Woe unto you, lawyers, hypocrites. John, Brother John, could you tell us about the day Jesus came to you to be baptized? Yes, and what a glorious day it was. I was the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Repent! Ye must repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. I indeed baptize with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And then that day we were at the river Jordan, and I saw Jesus coming afar off, and I said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God. And he wanted me to baptize him. I wasn't even worthy to unlatch his shoes. Me being a man, carnal, he the son of God. Imagine that, the son of God. And he wanted me to baptize him. He came into the water and I baptized Jesus, but I'll never forget it. When he was baptized, he came straightway up out of the water and the heavens were opened unto him. And I saw the spirit of God descending on him like a dove. And then I heard a voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. 
I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. I could go on and tell many things about Jesus, but today, just like then, I bear record that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Thank you, John. Do you have any further questions, Mr. L. Hugh, for this witness? No, Your Honor. You may step down, Mr. Baptist. Who is the next witness? I would like to call Mary, the mother of Jesus, to the stand. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes, I do. Mary, I want you to take your time and tell us about your son, Jesus. You know, it's almost Christmas time, the day that we set aside to honor Jesus' birthday. Objection, Your Honor. She's putting words in the witness's mouth. I wish somebody would put something in your mouth like a rag, Mr. L. Hugh. Tell us about that day, Mary. I'm kind of nervous, but I'll do my best. My name is Mary. My family lived in the little town of Nazareth. I was a young girl, just like many of you, with a lot of hopes and dreams, wondering just what life held for me. Even as a child, I remember always believing in God. As a Jewish girl, I knew the scriptures well. I had heard the elders in the temple many times talk about the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah, I remember thinking, could he really come in my lifetime? I was engaged to a wonderful man named Joseph. We were so in love. And then one night, an angel appeared unto me. He said that I was highly favored among women and that the Lord was with me. Now this really scared me because I really didn't know what he meant. I guess the angel sensed this because he said, To fear not, for I had found favor with God, and that I would conceive and bring forth a son and to call his name Jesus. Now Joseph and I were just engaged. I had never known a man, so I asked the angel, How can this be? He said that the Holy Ghost would come upon me and the power of the highest would overshadow me, and that the holy thing born of me would be called the Son of God. And you know what? I did. I believed God. Isn't that why we're here today? Now I know there are false prophets and false teachers, but the Bible says that God cannot lie, so it isn't hard for me to believe God. I want you to do me a favor. Close your eyes for just a minute. Did you hear what John the Baptist said a minute ago? He said he was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. Now with your eyes closed, especially all you mothers, I want you to imagine the first time you held your newborn baby in your arms. There is no greater gift from God than a precious little baby. But put yourself in my shoes for just a minute. The night he was born in Bethlehem, the shepherds, the wise men, the star, the stable, the angels, the manger, the swaddling clothes, and I was holding him in my arms. I was holding him close and looking into his eyes. Looking back, I thought, I'm holding him in my arms, and he is holding the world in his hands. The world was made by him, but the world knew him not. Now in a few days, you all will gather together with your family, your parents, your grandparents, your children, your grandchildren, 
and you will honor and remember my son's birthday. Get out that family Bible. Read that precious old story again. And as you open gifts from each other, don't forget about the gift that he gave to all of us. You see, the truth is, he was my son. But the truth is also, he is your savior. Thank you, Mary. I pray that you've touched many hearts tonight to believe in Jesus. Do you have any further questions, Mr. Elhu? Not at this time. The witness may step down. Call your next witness. I would like to call Mr. Shepherd to the stand. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so help you God? Duh. I mean, yeah. Nothing but the truth. Just what I saw. I was an eyewitness, you know. Are you sure he's able to testify? Yes, sir, I am. I know I'm not the good shepherd, but I'm a shepherd. Well, uh, what's your name? Joe the Shepherd. Let the record show that Joe the Shepherd is testifying. Thank you, Brother Shepherd. We appreciate you coming by today to be a witness. Could you begin by telling us a little about yourself and what it means to be a shepherd? I sure can. I'm 32 years old. I've been a shepherd all my life. <laughs> my dad was a shepherd. My grandpa was a shepherd. And you ain't going to believe this, but I've got a brother, and his name's Bubba, and he's a shepherd too. <laughs> we just love it. Uh, Your Honor, could I ask this witness a few questions? Yes, Mr. Elhu. Go ahead. Oh, boy. This is the witness I've been waiting on. This nut's already half-cracked. <laughs> <clears throat> Mr. Shepherd, I bet you're going to testify that you were in the field watching over your sheep one night and bang, just like that, an angel appeared to you and the sky was filled with multitudes of heavenly beings just praising God. Did you see them too? I knew you was all right. Objection, Your Honor. Just tell the witness to answer the question. Overruled. Ha! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just watched a lot of Perry Mason. I've always wanted to do that. Mr. Shepherd, uh, do you even know what overrule means? Duh! It's what every man gets when he gets married. <laughs> okay, calm down. Overruled anyhow. They got a place for people like you. You got that right. It's called heaven. Oh my goodness. I have no further questions, Your Honor. Well, since you don't have any more questions, I'd like to ask you just one question. I'm the one that's supposed to ask the questions. Let's go ahead. I'd like to hear this myself. Well, Mr. L. Hugh, what's your first name again? A.C. A.C.? Okay, I remember. Mr. A.C. L. Hugh. My question is, if you don't believe that I could be tending my sheep in a field and bang, the angels appear, how can you expect me to believe that there was a big bang and the whole world appears? Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I give up. No further questions. Mr. Shepherd, just tell us what you saw that night. Okay, Miss Grace, I'll do my best. We were tending the sheep that night, just like other nights. To be a good shepherd, you really have to care for your sheep. Sometimes one may wander off and get lost. That's when you tell if you have a shepherd's heart. You will leave the 99 in the fold to go out and find that one that's lost. The night Jesus was born was a special night. The angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring unto you good tidings. Good tidings? You tell me something this old world needs more than good news? 
For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude in the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. They said we would find the babe wrapped in swallowing clothes and lying in a manger. Now you tell me, what would you do if you were me? We went out to find him, this holy child, the Savior of the world. Little did we know that old bunch of poor shepherds would look down into the face of the great shepherd, the one that loved his sheep more than you could ever know, so much that he would give his own life for his sheep. I never known love like this before. I thought I did, but I didn't, and that's the truth. Thank you, Mr. Shepherd. Do you have any further questions? Not at this time. You may step down, Mr. Shepherd. Thank you. Do you have another witness? Yes, Your Honor. I would like to call the woman of Samaria. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I will. Dear sister, although we don't know your real name, the whole world knows you as the woman at the well. Tell us about the day that you met Jesus. Well, I would like to start by telling you a little bit about myself, about me before I knew my Savior. If you had known me before I knew Him, then you would understand just exactly what He has done for me. You see, I had a bad reputation in the little town that I lived. You know, my mistakes, they just kept adding up, and I didn't want to be bad, you know. My first marriage failed, and I blamed everybody but me. And I went through five failed marriages. You know, I was looking for happiness. Oh, I just wanted to be happy and to be loved. You know, if you've got everything in the world, and you don't have happiness or love, you ain't got nothing. You know, I'd given up. I just didn't think it was for me. You know, and the ladies in the town, you know, um, they were ashamed of me. And, you know, I really don't blame them. You know, me being the way that I was and all, and... Uh, that's the reason that I went to town at the, the in, you know, to the well to draw at the sixth hour, you know, so I wouldn't have to see anybody, and you know they wouldn't have to see me, and I didn't have to face nobody. And this day that I went, there was a man sitting on the well, and you know I went and put my pots down and began to draw my water, and he asked of me drink, you know, and I was kind of surprised, and I said, "Sir, thou beest a Jew, ask me a Samaritan woman for a drink." You know, because the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't have any dealings. And he said, if I knew who it was that asked me for a drink, that I would ask him for a drink, and he could give me a drink of living water. Well, you know, I was excited. I thought he was a prophet or a, a man of God. And, you know, I knew he didn't have anything to draw with, or I didn't see any pots or whatever. And I said to him, sir, you know, I know that the Messiah's, you know, he's, he's going to come, and the Christ, and he'll tell us all things. And he said, I am he that thou speakest of. I am, I am the Messiah. And I said to him, you know, give me drink. Give me a drink of, of this water that I'll neither have to come to the well and draw or I'll never thirst again. That's when he told me to call my husband. Oh, and I just hung my head and cried because, you know, every time that hope would come along, you know, I would think that my past would be gone. It would just come back, you know, to haunt me again. And that's when he told me everything that I ever done. But you know, when he was telling me, oh, I don't think, he doesn't feel that he condemned me. I felt like that, you know, he would forgive me, and he did forgive me. He helped me forgive myself. You know, I found happiness and peace and contentment. And um, 
You know, I got so excited. You know, I ran, left my water pot sitting at the well, and I ran back into town, and I told the people, come see, come see, come see a man that told me everything that I ever done. And, uh, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe that he was at that well that day for any other reason but for me. He came because he loved me. And you know, he loves you, he, you and you. He loves you back in the back, over in the corner, Mr. ACLU. He even loves you. You know, and I've already told you, I don't believe in coincidences. And in the last chapter, in the last few verses down at the bottom of the Bible, he, uh, he says, He that is a thirst, come and drink freely of the living water. You know, this water that I can pour for you today, and if you drink it, you're going to thirst again. But if you take a drink of the water that He'll give you, you'll never thirst again. And this is my testimony to you today, that I know He is the Christ, and that's the truth. Oh my, that sounds like grace. If I was an unbeliever, I don't think I could help but to believe in this Christ because he's got so many witnesses. Any further questions? No. No, sir. I think I'm starting to believe myself. Okay, you may step down. Any further witnesses? Yes, Your Honor. Call your next witness. Yes, sir. Your Honor, our next witness will be a little different, but they play a very important part in this case today. It's our children. They wanted to come and make sure that their moms and dads, I mean the jury, know how they feel about Jesus and his birthday. You guys look really good. Thank, Thank you. you. Are you nervous? Yeah, just a little. Well, you don't have to be nervous because remember, we were all once kids too. You're kidding. You're kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> okay, girls, just tell us about the day that you met Jesus. Well... One day, as Jesus was teaching the people, our mom and dad brought us to him so he could touch us. Yeah, but his disciples got a little upset and tried to push us away. Jesus told them he sure let them have it. Yeah, he told them to let the children come unto him and forbid them not. For such is the kingdom of heaven. And you know what that told all of us kids? Just what does that tell you, little girl? Uh, duh. It told us that Jesus loves kids. Yeah, Jesus loves kids. Uh, just one more question. Your dad wouldn't happen to be a shepherd, would he? I know he loves me. He even picked me up in his arms. Yeah, but we were a lot little right then. We just wanted to come tonight and tell all the moms and dads out there, you need to take your kids to church and Sunday school so they can learn about Jesus like we did. That's right. We believe in Jesus, don't we? Yeah, we believe in Christmas too. Mr. Judge. Yes, ma'am. Would it be okay if all of us sing a song to show that we believe that one night long ago a Savior was born? Yeah, a Savior that loves kids, even kids that can't sing. Yes, please sing about that night. Okay, kids, here we go. This is our chance to tell the world that we believe Christ is the reason for Christmas. Silent
Oh, that was just some of the most beautiful singing I've ever heard. That touched my heart. That's because they have the faith of a child, and they believe what they're singing. Call your next witness. I call Nicodemus to the stand. Raise your right hand. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes, sir. Nothing but the truth. Nicodemus, we want to thank you for coming today to be a witness for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Object. Oh, never mind then. Amen. Amen to that. Proceed. Just tell us about the first time you saw Jesus and then about the last time you saw him. Just take your time because we all need to hear this. The world needs to hear this. My name is Nicodemus. I am a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee. Now I know that having the name of being a Pharisee is enough for some people to judge me as a very wicked man. But it's not really the name that you're associated with that makes you right or wrong, but it's what's in your heart. Being known as a Baptist or a Methodist or even a Pentecostal, the name itself doesn't really mean anything. It's your heart that matters. Now I was a Pharisee, but when I saw the miracles that Jesus did, my heart said unto me, He must be a teacher come from God. I watched him. I secretly watched him. Not just one day, but day after day after day. The blinded eyes were being opened, the lame running and leaping through the streets. And I watched one day as he took five loaves and two small fishes and fed over 5,000 people. I saw his compassion for people. He loved them and he didn't want them to go away hungry. My heart was drawn unto him. God had to be with him or he could not do such things. So one night I went to him secretly. And when I came near, he said, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I have to be honest with you, I did not understand. There's probably some here tonight that don't understand those words also. Born again. Born again. How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? But Jesus didn't mean it that way. He meant a spiritual birth. Jesus said, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said you must be born again. But I said, Lord, how can these things be? Are you like that tonight? Has your heart been drawn toward Jesus, but you really don't fully understand His way? Well, that's really okay. I don't think any of us understand everything about God, but He just wants us to believe in Him. He told me that night that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I knew one thing for sure. That whosoever meant me. I don't understand it all, but I believe that this born-again experience was for me. And the good news of the gospel is that whosoever also means you. Jesus didn't come to condemn you, but through him you might be saved. Now that first night I came to him secretly, but the last time I saw him, I came out in the open. I carried about a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloes to the cross that day. As we took him down from the cross and anointed his body for burial, we laid him in Joseph's tomb. I should have known it was just a borrowed tomb. He just needed it for a little while. I know one thing. I will never be ashamed to stand and be a witness for this man. Past, present, or future, my testimony will bear witness that Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, and you still must be born again. And that is the truth. Thank you, Brother Nicodemus. Do you have any more witnesses? Yes, Your Honor. Just one more. Call him in. As the last witness in the case for Christmas, I call Brother Thomas to the stand. Do you affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Yes. Thomas, I know it's getting late, but um, I felt the jury needs to hear your testimony. So take your time and tell us your story. All right, uh, I'll try to hurry. My name is Thomas. Sometimes I'm better known as Doubting Thomas. I was one of the twelve disciples that Jesus chose. I saw all of the miracles. I was there when he healed the sick. I saw the blinded eyes being opened. I seen the dead raised back to life again. I was there when he bound up the brokenhearted. And he set the captives free. I was there and with my own two eyes I saw it. I was an eyewitness to these things. But then something awful happened. Oh God. Go ahead Thomas. Tell us what happened. You see then they took Jesus. They whipped him and they beat him so bad. I forsook him and fled. I failed him. And they led him to Golgotha. And I stood afar off as they drove the nails in his hands and in his feet. It seems as though even at times when I'm alone, I can still hear the ring of the hammer in the distance. I watched as the soldiers took a spear and pierced his side. It was at that very moment that my heart felt that it would burst. I had failed the Lord. I was so weak and frail. Just like you all, I was human just a mortal man I began to doubt myself most of all I was confused and my confidence was shaken my king was crucified but then there was news news from Mary Magdalene she came and told us that she had seen the Lord that he had risen and the other disciples also had gathered together they said Jesus came and stood in the midst of them they told me that they had seen the Lord But I said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and I should thrust my hand into his side, 
I will not believe. I will not believe. I doubted the Lord. And I doubted my friends when they came and told me that they had seen the Lord. And I doubted myself. Even after all those miracles and all those things that I'd seen him do. I began to even wonder if it was really real. But after eight days we were all together in a room. And the doors were all shut. There was no other way in. And then all of a sudden Jesus came in and stood in the midst. And said peace be unto you. And then he looked at me. And I'll never, I'll never forget it. I knew in my heart what he had came for. And as I reached out and took hold of those nail-scarred hands, my heart melted. My eyes became a river of tears. I put my finger into the prints of the nails. I put my hand into his side. I cried out with a loud voice, My Lord and my God. But then he said unto me, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. That's where you all come in. You haven't seen the things we've testified of, but still you can believe. You may say, how can I believe without seeing? It's called faith. You must have faith to please God. Faith to believe in God. You must have faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Faith that He loves and He cares for you. And faith that He died for you. Here tonight, just like in every court case, down through the ages of time, we are looking for one thing. Evidence. Evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence. The evidence of things not seen. God turns your faith into evidence so you can believe in the things that you have not seen. And now you've listened to all of us testify tonight to what we have seen. John the Baptist and Mary, you heard the shepherd and the woman at the well. You've heard of the children in Nicodemus, and their witness is very true. But now the decision is yours. You must decide. Was this child born in a manger in Bethlehem? Was he wrapped in swaddling clothes, conceived of the Virgin Mary? Did he really come to take away the sins of the world? Was he really the Son of God, the Christ? We all believe that he was. What about you?
crashing in Then all at once I knew What he meant my born again It's very plain to see What the Lord has done for me That's the reason I believe I have never ever looked into his eyes Or even touched his nail-scarred I was not there at Calvary that day Outside Jerusalem I never saw him fill the oceans Hang the stars or make the sun to shine on me But he loves me even when I don't deserve him And that's the reason I That's the reason I 